Good morning. It is Friday, the 23rd of March, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the world's first and only podcast devoted entirely to autonomous cars. As a reminder, you can always reach out to me directly on Twitter at Mark Hogue. That's M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. Of course, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple iTunes Podcasts, please be sure to subscribe. Make sure to upvote, leave any reviews, and of course, share with your friends and colleagues. On Anchor.fm, if you're listening there, you can, of course, leave me voicemail messages. I promise to listen and respond to each and every one of you so we can make this as much a two-way discussion as possible. So today, we're going to dive in and continue our discussion about the risk versus benefit of autonomous cars with respect to pedestrian injury and death in light of the recent accident in Arizona. Still a lot to discuss there, a lot of, frankly, troubling conclusions being drawn and by what I'm seeing in the, uh, in the media since the accident. And then we're going to wrap it up with a discussion on BMW, some pretty cool announcements there, some new products, new cars being rolled out. Let's dive in and get started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so to dive into this, I'm going to begin with a really controversial claim. I think it's important to make controversial claims to get people to discuss things, and this is how we eventually uh, make progress, right? So, so here we go. Uh, if you're okay with cell phones in cars, then it must be the case that you're also okay with fully autonomous cars on the roads. Conversely, if you're not okay with fully autonomous cars on the roads, then it must be the case that you are not okay with cell phones in cars. And when I say cell phones in cars, I don't mean, you know, oh, you can have a cell phone on your person, but you just can't use it directly. You have to use Bluetooth, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, I mean like you can't have a cell phone in the car the way, the same way in which you can't have an open bottle of alcohol in the car. So before you get all up in arms about this silly, this silly, silly claim, uh, let me dive in and explain what I'm on about. So as a reminder, we've got six and a half million car accidents in the U.S. every single year. Uh, this result, results in 3,000 deaths per month. Uh, roughly a quarter of these are caused by cell phone use, which in turn results in 3,000 injuries per month and about 3,000 deaths per year beyond that. So basically what this says is that we as a society, hmm, we as a society have said that we're okay with the trade-off between the convenience of having a phone on our person at all times, including while operating a motor vehicle, uh, just for the convenience of being able to stay in contact with people, we're okay with that trade-off being the very real, tangible risk of death or serious injury. In fact, again, putting a number on it, it means that we're basically saying, you know what, we're okay with one and a half million car accidents every single year in the U.S., and 3,000 injuries per month and 3,000 deaths per year caused by cell phones because, you know what? Cell phones are just that important. So we're okay with that. Now, I don't know how high those numbers would have to go before people would finally say, "Mm, 
no, that's a bit steep, that. I guess we're not okay with 2 million accidents or 3 million accidents. I guess we're not okay with 6,000 injuries or 10,000 injuries. I mean, but so, so I don't know what the upper bound would be. I don't know what, you know, for our society as a whole, I don't know what that threshold looks like. But apparently we're okay with 1.5 million accidents, 3,000 injuries per month, 3,000 deaths per year. That's fine. Well, given that we're okay with that, it cannot be the case that we're not okay with fully autonomous cars and the very real, small, but admittedly non-zero risk they pose to other people with respect to accidents, death, or serious injury. And indeed, we just saw such an example of this on Sunday night with a pedestrian in Arizona. So the the takeaway from this needs to be that, you know, look, as long as fully autonomous cars, as any solution results in a Pareto optimal outcome, in other words, as long as whatever new solution produces a better result to the alternative, to the status quo, then it is by definition better and it must be pursued. So if we're losing 3,000 people per month in car accidents currently, and if fully autonomous cars reduce that to 2,000 per month or even 2,999 per month, then it is better. Now, to be fair, a lot of people aren't necessarily arguing against fully autonomous cars fully uh, in, in, in their entirety, I should say. They are suggesting that it's irresponsible, <clears throat> that it's irresponsible to be testing them prematurely without, you know, without further development. Uh, the argument goes, well, look, Waymo so far has got a pretty untainted record. They're doing okay. However, look, Uber have just totally dropped the ball. They've just killed someone. Well, I hate to break it to you, but in the same amount of time that this self-driving Uber killed a pedestrian, guess what? Nine other pedestrians were reportedly also killed in Arizona, but nobody knows about this because, well, it was caused by human drivers, and so it's just sort of... That's just fair game. We're used to that, so we're therefore okay with it, which is absurd. And don't give me the argument that, you know, well, of course that occurred. There's more human drivers on the road. That's not the point. Um, The issue is not whether more human drivers cause more deaths. The issue is whether it's okay that a fully autonomous car caused a single death. Um, it, It is okay because in the aggregate, fully autonomous cars will cause fewer deaths. That's what matters. That, that's, all, that's all that we need to take away from this. And by the way, going back to the start of this discussion, uh, if we look at the, <clears throat> you know, the tolerance that we have as society for cell phones, so by now I'm sure a lot of you, and, and so this should, we actually need to segue now to the kind of next point that I wanted to make, which is the actual accident itself. Um, so by now I'm sure that a lot of you, if not all of you, have actually looked at the video released by Uber. There's obviously two, there, there, there's two video cameras. One is looking out through the windshield. One is looking in reverse back at the driver. So there's a couple of points I wanted to address here. Um, so the first is the, the video looking at the driver. So I'm going to make this very short, but it's pretty plain and simple and clear to, to, to see that the driver was actually not paying attention at all. Rather, the driver was looking at his cell phone. Just going to leave that there. Not going to make another comment on this. The other camera looking forward through the through the windshield of the car. So a few things we should elaborate on. We discussed a lot of this already, of course, in the previous episode two days ago. 
But yes, look, indeed, this pedestrian came out of nowhere. Um, <clears throat> really, you know, super dark street, no adequate street lights where she was crossing. I think it's pretty safe to say a pedestrian would, I mean a pedestrian, uh, a human driver would not have seen this pedestrian. Uh, that's not necessarily true. It could have just been a function of the poor dynamic range of the camera. Maybe a person, a human driver would have seen this pedestrian in the shadows. I don't know. I don't think any of this is the point. I think the bigger question really, it's not whether autonomous cars should be allowed in the first instance. It's whether and why did this occur? Even if the visual cameras couldn't have picked this up, and we touched on this last time, but it's worth repeating now, why didn't the LIDAR and the, the, the radar pick up this pedestrian? That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, and I think that's, that's really what needs to be examined here. This is a technical issue, not a philosophical one. The philosophical answer is already clear, that indeed we must allow fully autonomous cars to be tested on public roads and we need to expedite their rollout as quickly as possible uh, and we need to replace human-driven cars on public roads as quickly as possible also no the question is not that the question is here we have a new technology we're trying to roll it out as quickly as possible what the heck went wrong i mean this is no different to you know to to uh to airplane accidents um you know in a particular order i can think of quite a few historical accidents one of the most famous of which was the what was it called the bac comet aircraft um basically it was a brand new beautiful airplane design the engines were built sort of integrated into the wings of these big sort of squarish windows well these things just started exploding in midair and falling out of the sky well, it turned out that there were stress points at the corners of the square windows and this was causing the fuselages to essentially burst open and resulted in explosive decompression and so on and so forth. Well, the point is, you know, people were pushing for jet travel because of the very obvious benefit to society. You know, these things didn't start happening and then people cried out and said, oh no, we can't keep experimenting and pushing forward with new jet designs. No, they said, no, no, we've, we've got to keep pushing forward. We've got to figure out what went wrong and we've got to keep furthering our advancement, understanding and the rollout of new technology for aircraft uh, design and transportation. Well, it's the exact same thing here with fully autonomous cars, because even in the earliest days of aviation, it became very, very quickly, very clearly, that air travel already was, and would certainly become uh, even more so, the safest way to travel on Earth, not to mention the quickest and easiest. Well, it's the exact same thing with fully autonomous cars. Just because a thing goes wrong doesn't mean you don't push for it to improve it. And again, to the argument that, you know, that, that we shouldn't allow testing so prematurely, no. Again, the, the risk factor of these early first-generation autonomous test vehicles is still, vastly, is still a vastly safer thing than any human driver could ever hope for. So that's my analysis on that. Do let me know what you think. We can continue to discuss this, but hopefully... We've put this to bed for a bit. All right, so next up, as promised, we're going to chat briefly about BMW. They've made two pretty exciting announcements. Uh, they're adding two new confirmed products to their i range of electric vehicles. Uh, first up is the 2020 BMW i4 electric vehicle. It's said to have Tesla beating range of between 340 and a whopping 435 miles per charge. That's between 550 to 700 kilometers. So that's some pretty incredible stuff. 
Uh, also, BMW have announced that they're going to be iifying, that is, uh, making i versions of all of their uh, X utility vehicles. So, for example, we're going to see everything between an i. X1 and an iX9, the first of which they've announced is the 2020 BMW iX3. Apparently, from 2020 on, BMW uh, will have the capacity to electrify all of its models. So it looks like starting from 2020, we're going to be getting a really great uh, rollout of new products from BMW in addition to so many of the other manufacturers. Um, this raises an interesting question about Tesla. I mean, if BMW are anticipating the ability to roll out cars that are now doing 400 plus miles per charge, well, I think we might see Tesla almost certainly up the ante. I've got my money on Tesla rolling out a 500 plus mile range car, uh, in the early 2020s as well. So very exciting. All this pats off to BMW. Let's see what happens. All right, so that's a wrap, and I think that'll do it for this week. As a reminder, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes if you listen there. Obviously, I appreciate any upvotes, star ratings, reviews, and so on, and of course, sharing this with your friends and colleagues. As a reminder, you can always reach out to me directly on Twitter at Mark Hogue. That's M-A-R-C-H-O-A-G. But uh, beyond that... I'd like to wish you a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, see you on Monday. Bye-bye.